Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, dude. I'm feeling invincible. You know, we are on the road to recovery, I want to say. That seems like a weird way to put it, but I don't know, dude. The pub's open October 18. Freedom Day, as some uh, some white blokes have alarmingly been calling it. You know, I've been getting messages saying, what are you doing on Freedom Day, Bill? I said, nothing with you. It sounds like you're going to fucking go down with a bunch of your mates and burn down Parliament House or something, mate. What are, you, are you starting a rally or are you having a schooner? I need some clarification. But yeah, they're calling it Freedom Day, October 18. And what really is, <laughs> I mean, that just goes to show how easy this generation does have it. That our Freedom Day is the day uh, we just get to go back and just get sourced up at a a public house you know and that's something you've been able to do in the privacy of your own home this whole time so while it's not exactly east germany here in sydney you know we have had (laughs) we have had our trials and tribulations i feel like when you're in an extended lockdown you have two moods and they are oh well could be worse you know we're having a bit of fun here this is not too bad went for a walk you know, couple of bloody couple of bloody beers on the weekend, sun's out, go to the beach, there's 5,000 people down there, don't worry about that, dude. From what I can tell, sand and sea salt are COVID's natural enemies. That's, that's what appears to be happening with Sydney beaches. They were packed to the gills over the weekend, and uh, I, I was down there myself, my hand is up, I was purely down there for scientific reasons, just to see that, uh, you know, just to see... You know, how many people were in fact breaking the law and I was able to sort of send that list off to Gladys and have every one of those people locked up in jail for five to ten years so just doing my part to contribute but yeah you have that mood where you think dude this is fine I'm having a great time and then you th- you know I can't complain and then you have other times where you think fuck yeah dude I'd like to do a bit of complaining this is actually the worst time of my life so but I think definitely with the pubs being back open you think ah not too bad at all, hey? Not too bad at all. But yeah, we got the... Uh, I got a thing. I reckon people who are the least amount of fun at pubs are the most vocal about pubs returning. Has anyone noticed this? It's just like... It's just crazy. Like, everyone's on the thing like, oh, I cannot wait to have a palmy and a schooner. And it's like, mate, last time I saw you at a pub, you were drinking a soda water through a straw and you had a fucking nosebleed, dude. So, you know what I mean? I mean, who's this for? Who's this little, this little performative action on your Instagram story? You know, I mean, a lot of hot chicks got, got a bloody a rap on the wrist for posting about Afghanistan when they don't know how to sort of spell or pronounce it. But, I mean, what about the absolute just litany of pelicans out there who are actually not, not really any fun at all and they're carrying on on their Instagram stories? Like they're some sort of a, a Van Wilder character, you know? We got, you know, we got blokes with three career roots at, at 25 talking about what a fiend they are for the pub. It just, I just have a hard time believing it, that's all. And the small talk, I tell you what, dude, that's the good thing about wearing a mask at the shops. I'll wear a freaking, I'll, I'll wear my sunnies and a bucket hat. I don't care that my sunnies fog up, you know? The other day, I freaking, I just walked straight into the deli. I just flipped over the glass. 
head first into the salami, okay? I thought, that's better than running into some freaking weirdo I know at a local supermarket during lockdown, okay? Because the, the small talk, dude, you will scratch your eyes out. The small talk of just some guy who you know for a fact doesn't really go out much. And that's fine, dude. If you don't want to go out, it's not, it's not my problem. If you want to go out seven nights a week, you can do that too. Do whatever you want. But it's just like the... just <laughs> Everyone thinks it's the cool thing to say at the moment in Sydney. Oh, hey, Tomo. How you going, mate? Yeah, good to see you. And then it's just you just get this pelican Tomo who just feels the need to say it. He goes, how am I, mate? <laughs> I'll be a lot better when the bloody pub's open, hey? Get me a fucking skunana. And it's like, it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. You know, it's just, it's such like a, it's just the thing to say. Thing to say, you got to be ravenous for the pub, mate. you be ravenous, mate. You know, it's weird. I find it to be quite weird. But nevertheless, the pubs are coming back. I'm double jabbed as well now, dude. I'm freaking, I'm jabbed to the goddamn gills, you know. And I got that blue collar jab, the AstraZeneca. So... You know, not only am I protected from COVID, uh, once you get the second jab of AstraZeneca, you also, uh, you do sort of, I don't know how it works in the blood. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be. But for whatever reason, after my second AstraZeneca jab, I am now a fully qualified chippy. So, you know, as far as, you know, people ask me about touring next year, I'll have to fucking run it past the foreman because I'm on the goddamn tools. Okay. But yes, that is one of the benefits of getting AstraZeneca, the blue collar jab. Uh, you will, you do get a fully qualified trade with your injection. So happy to be here. Maybe I will tour next year, and I'll sort of maybe I won't come around and do some jokes, but maybe I'll I'll knock you up a, a pagola in the backyard. Hey, that is that door jammed. Maybe I could help you out with that. Tell you a few zingers while I'm fucking while I'm doing that. You know. So yeah, dude, I'm double jabbed. Only negative is now that I've got my second injection, um, I don't know what it is on Spotify. I can't seem to get Ziggy Albert's music anymore for whatever reason. Um, I think maybe the microchip in my wrist is interacting with my phone. I'm not sure, but um, I am having trouble listening to Ziggy Albert's sweet, sweet tunes. Um, but apart from that, dude, yeah, live in La Vida Loca, brother. I tell you what's weird. I love Ziggy Alberts, but I cannot stop ripping on him, dude. I just think I just cannot stop ripping on Ziggy Alberts. I mean, he's like that's what I I like that in my celebrities. I think I don't need you to be everything I need. You know, I just need one one bit of it. I love like Ziggy Alberts. Love this guy's music. He's clearly got some pretty radical views away from the microphone, and he's you know. I would never cast aspersions on Byron Bay and the culture they've developed up there. But it's it's quite possible that, that old Zig has sort of, you know, come up from his last Gatorade saxophone and sort of left a bit of himself in the bottom, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I'm, it's not for me to say whether that's the case, but but I don't mind that, dude, you know? If, if you're a singer, I don't need to listen to your fucking podcast as well, dude. You know? I'm a comedian. God forbid any of you took any of this seriously. You know what I mean? I don't. I think it's okay to just be one thing, and I think it's pretty hilarious. But yeah, Ziggy Alberts, dude, he's a wild boy. He hates um he hates vaccinations and he loves acoustic music. And to be honest, dude, I'm in for the acoustic music. So fuck yeah. 
But yeah, the future is looking bright here in Sydney. I'm pumped. Um, but what is happening in the world of, uh, of the lads, you know? So we have been hunting for the next lad pad. And I'll come clean that hunting is a pretty generous term for what we've been doing. Uh, sort of, I think we've been attempting to stumble upon the next lad pad. That's probably a more accurate description. But yeah, we haven't exactly been sort of like full on going at the hunt. Mostly because of the lockdown. I mean, there's just no point in moving during a lockdown, you know. We're already trapped in four walls here. Why do we have to do it somewhere else? That's kind of the vibe. But finally, the hunt has taken on. We had some huge developments last week. and I've got some huge news. So last week, we had a, we had a house meeting. Adzi was home for once from his cheese and kisses place. So we, we, we thought we'll have a house meeting. And we said, we need to fire up this search again. Maka, right? Quite an ideas man. He said he had actually looked at an apartment a month ago that was still up today, he noticed. And he said, Bill, why don't you go and re-inspect it? And, uh, and then we can maybe apply if you like it. I said, mate, I'll stop you right there. There's no need. You've already inspected it. And he said, yeah, but one of the bedrooms is a bit small. I don't want to put my name on it, you know? And I said, well, what the fuck was the point of you expecting it at all? Inspecting, expecting, whatever. There was a huge blue. I admitted I was wrong. I ended up inspecting the pad, you know, pretty good for me. Um, look, I got to say, sickest pad I've ever been to. And, you know, this, it's a three bedroom apartment, rooftop, got this L-shaped balcony that looks like it was built, uh, for sort of, you know, young men up to no good, mischief as it were. And and this apartment, it's really good because one thing I struggle with at times in my life is I often forget what color the ocean is. You know, just the other day I was at a bus stop going, is it red? Red sea? No. And I often forget what color the ocean is. Luckily with this new pad, I'll never forget due to the enormous ocean views from our balcony. Okay, so it's fucking unreal. One bedroom is probably fit for like Conor McGregor or someone. I mean, it's the ensuite, biggest bedroom ever, as big as the lad pad now. And then the other two bedrooms are sort of, I imagine, where you'd keep the service staff. Yeah, um, maybe the chef in one room and the cleaner in the other. You know, I'm not sure how you run your household, but that's the general setup. So me and Adzi are copping two of the shittest bedrooms ever, but whatever. Um, I mean, it's no skin off Adzi's nose. He's not actually going to live at this place. Me, on the other hand, um, I'll be in this shoebox. But so we ended up applying for this thing. It took us about three days to apply, um, to sort of get through all the paperwork as a group. When you apply for these places, dude, I tell you what, they want to know like what you had for breakfast in 1997. You know, one of the questions was like, is it true in year nine, you had a fucking crush on Kate Thompson? And I'm thinking, dude, why do you need to know this, okay? I'm 26 and I'm over it. I've said it for the last time. But here's the deal, dude. You got it, like, it's... And they want to know, like... They go, place of residence from, like, when you were, like, you know, 17. It's like, I was at home, mate. I was at home, okay? You know? I think maybe your last job, your last where you lived, or your current job, your current where you live, whatever, 
But these real estate agents, dude, I tell you what, if they're not the data miners of 2021, it's like 47 questions. What's your favorite color? It's like, dude, I swear to God, just let me move in. I'm so sick of this. So it took about three days to apply. Adzi had to break out his famous MacBook Air um, that gets used sort of twice a year outside of dark arts. And um, and yeah, we, we sent in the application. Bam, 2.30 on Friday, the application goes in. 2.45, that very same Friday, dude. This is how quick the world works, all right? This is the modern era. All of our references have been called. We got like four references each or whatever because of the invasive nature of this application. So, you know, everyone, all our references have been like, mate, just said you're like the greatest bloke ever. Um, my, I think my mate Freddie told them I have autism, but the kind that just makes you heaps clean. I said, Freddie, that's not very politically correct. And he said, yeah, but now they think you're a clean freak, yeah? And I said, okay, okay, Freddie, but that's Freddie for you. He's a wild boy. So then we went, uh, so now Adzi comes home, Maka comes home from work. This is like three o'clock. It's Friday anyway, okay? So there's already that vibe in the air, you know? Like I said, someone go in the backyard and just double check we haven't left the back gate open because it's about to get pretty fucking full on around here when we get this place. And just the scenes. We are so far ahead of ourselves in this application. Carrying on. I think uh, Adzi's looking at his new local cafe on Google Maps. Mac is just measuring up, uh, you know, a few a few ornaments for his master bedroom. Uh, you know, I'm making phone calls to mostly my enemies saying, look at me now. You know, how does, you like the ocean, bruh? I'm looking right at it, you piece of shit. Okay. So we're living La Vida Loca, dude. We've done it. Um, Adzi hops off to have a quick shower before we sort of get on the beers in celebration. And long story short, by the time Adzi got out of that shower, we had in fact been rejected, uh, from, from our application. So, you know, highs and lows, highs and lows, but here's the thing. We were rejected because we did not offer enough money. This place was going for 1100. I said, we don't play those games. How does 900 float you? Hey? They said 900 doesn't float us at all. In fact, we, we're slightly insulted. They said it's 1100. Okay. So then this is, they said you're rejected. It's 1100 unless you can offer more, unless you can offer that, your application will progress no further. Okay. I said, listen here, babe, I've read all your little real estate tricks and tips. Okay. I follow freaking Gary V on Instagram. I know exactly what you're trying to pull over us. The wool is what you're trying to pull. And uh, keep in mind, we were ne negotiating with a 19-year-old girl uh, who was a property manager, a 19-year-old woman. And uh, so we weren't exactly sort of going head-to-head -head with Harvey Specter from Suits um, or, or the guy from Mad Men whose name escapes me. But still, it was, it was mental warfare of the highest quality. And she said, well, she said, well, We've got your offer for a thousand. We've got two other offers that have just come in for eleven hundred. So you can either match that or or that. And this is like four o'clock Friday. I said, babe, we can't match that. We're not going to. Keep in mind, I know for a fact these offers aren't real. Leave your real estate hoodoo voodoo down the road, babe. Okay, you have to get up pretty early to uh to get one over the lads. And uh we we partied it up on Friday night knowing that 
the owner of this wonderful apartment would be sweating, he'd be shitting himself over the weekend, thinking, you son of a bitch, the lad pad have me cornered, you know? Anyway, first thing Monday morning, um, I'm expecting the call. He buckled, you've got the pad. Uh, it turns out those other two offers were real and, um, and yeah, we, we should have gone to 1100, but nevertheless, you know, you live and you learn. Um, luckily, uh, Macca is becoming quite the customer service, um, cunt, if you will. Uh, he is really active on the phone. So shock, he called up the real estate agent saying, where's my fucking dim Sims? They were supposed to be here an hour ago. And, uh, and so Macca sort of called them up in, in sort of a, a, a pretty blatant attempt to hassle them into giving us the apartment. And uh, he was quickly rebuffed. And, uh, and that was that. You know, Macca is unfortunately the best negotiator we have in the lad pad. There was the, the famous TV incident at JB Hi-Fi where the guy said the TV is, I think it was 1550. Macca said, can you do 1450? The guy said, no. Macca said, I accept 1550. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Okay, so he's not exactly sort of, you know, insert good negotiating person, but but he's the best we've got, okay? He's the best we've got. So yeah, we did not get that pad, but we came fucking close. And that counts for something, dude. So that was the saga of the weekend. We thought we were going to be living La Vida Loca, looking over the ocean all summer, you know? And we were close. We were very very close. But anyway, dude, I just want to, I'm just thinking, dude, um, I, I did have a cranking weekend, but not really any stories came from it. Anyway, so not the most outrageous weekend, but it was a lot of fun in like a covid way, you know what I mean? Where you sort of do nothing, um, but you just enjoy it anyway. So, one thing I did do on the weekend that was kind of interesting was, and it's pretty wild, um, me and Maka in, uh, you know, in another bout of lockdown boredom, we watched, uh, illegally this time, thank God, but we watched the Triller Fight Club. If you're not familiar with the Triller Fight Club, it's what Jake Paul started on. Um, it's what Mike Tyson fought on. It's like this kind of like wild TikTok celebrity boxing thing. Anyway, I don't even know how to describe it, but <laughs> it was so wild, dude. The lead commentator for this event was none other than Donald Trump. It was just the weirdest thing. And the main event was UFC, former UFC fighter, currently roided up to the gills fighter, uh, Vitor Belfort, fought 58-year-old boxing champion Evander Holyfield in the main event. Now, thank God we did not pay for this because I don't want to... <laughs> like, anyone who watched this fight, there was, there's, we were so lucky that we did not see an old man die in the ring. 58, dude. I know black people age well, but this is too much, okay? This is way too much. 58 years old, boxing, a roided-up UFC fighter... Um, yeah, he lost quite handsomely. He didn't get too hurt, thank God. They stopped the fight about, a, I think, two minutes in. He was just getting pieced up, but he did not get knocked out, this old man. Thank God. It was terrifying, dude. I don't think anyone over the age of 50 should be allowed to compete in combat sports. It was terrifying, dude. 
He fell over at one point, Evander Holyfield. He f- and he fell like an old man. You know how like when when like your nan or pop falls and they just fall and it's like, it's like God, put your arms out or something like. They just, it's like so like there's just it's slow motion. And you just think he's just gonna explode when he hits the ground. You know, you know when old people fall and it's like, it's just the consequences just out of this world for tripping over. You know, it's like oh, you know, Mrs. Thompson, you freaking broke your leg in three places my god what horrifying accident happened and she goes she goes i was just um getting out of the shower and fell snapped in three places and you're like jesus christ old people it's just terrifying that's we saw a genuine old person like dude this guy's 58 fighting a roided up ufc fighter my dad is 59 like come on okay come on it was terrifying, dude. And then you got Donald Trump commentating, which is the weirdest thing. And then, and the funniest thing was, me and Macca thought Donald Trump was maybe like a guest commentator or he would like, I don't know how it would work, to be honest. I didn't know how it would work. Maybe he'd pop up, you know, come in for 10 minutes, like how the prime minister will do like 10 minutes on the commentary for the Boxing Day test or the Sydney test, sorry. And... It was so weird. Donald Trump was the main commentator for like the whole thing. He was like the main guy. He was like throwing... It was him and Jorge Masvidal in the booth. It was bizarre. Then, this is so American. It The, the event itself turns into like a Trump rally. Like they all start... Um, it was in Florida for context. Florida was the only commission that would sanction uh, this fight, which was basically you know, sort of, God, I don't even know. It was like a pensioner beatdown. That's what they should have called it. <laughs> they should have called it like, pensioner beatdown three, Holyfield dies. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> but, but yeah, then it turns into a Trump rally, dude. So the whole crowd in this arena is yelling like, we want Trump, we want Trump. And it's like, this is the most American thing I have ever seen in my life. Like, fuck me, dude. Can the Seppos just honestly have one day off? Can they just have one day where they just go, just going to chill out today. Just going to be normal for today. Don't worry about it, guys. And this isn't a Trump thing. I'm just saying like this politics thing in general. I mean, if they were saying we want Biden, it would creep me out as much. Can you imagine if we were at like a boxing fight, big boxing event, and everyone starts screaming like in Sydney or something, and everyone starts screaming, labor, labor, labor. You'd just be like, okay, I don't know, dude. We're at a boxing event. You know what I mean? Does Can we not just enjoy the boxing? I've had 12 schooners. Are we, we're discussing the leadership of this great nation, are we now? Like, what the fuck, dude? It's a Sunday. Can we just have like a no politics on Sundays rule? There's no post on Sundays, you know? Why can't we have a no politics on Sundays rule? It's too much, dude. It's way too much. But these these goddamn seppos, they fucking love it, you know? They're, they're all like, fuck Joe Biden. Whoa. And it's like, why don't you just like... <laughs> like, it was just crazy. Like, you're getting blind watching UFC fighters box. Is that not enough at that point? I mean, that would be enough for me. 
But anyway, dude, these goddamn Americans, they're freaking out to lunch, you know? And um, yeah, so Evander Holyfield got knocked out. And then Vitor Belfort said he will fight Jake Paul for $30 million, which Triller will put up. Okay? Um, dude, so up next, we have a news story that I'm quite excited to cover. This is probably the only news story in Get Around Me history that I will be able to cover with some level of conviction uh, or sort of know-how, knowledge, really any sort of, you know, palatable stance possible. It's possibly what we're about to see. This is the only news story I've thought, fuck yeah, dude, I could talk about that. And it is, of course, Machine Gun Kelly and Conor McGregor almost punching on at the red carpet, at the VMAs. Wow. What a time to be a... What a time to be Billy Darcy. It's like the newscasters finally said, hey, Bill, here's one for you. You know? Thank God. So, if you're not aware, dude, stop listening. How could you not be? Two of, two of the two superstars, two of, two of my heroes, punching on, on the red carpet. Not quite. But basically, uh, I'll recap what happened. Basically, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox on the red carpet at the VMAs. That makes total sense. Enter Conor McGregor. Now, why Conor McGregor was even at the VMAs, no one seems to be blinking an eyelid at. But that was my first question. You know, I know he's a superstar and he's, uh, he's Conor McGregor. But I just haven't seen him in too many music videos. So, whatever. Didn't expect him to see, to see him there. But, which makes this thing even even more hilarious dude like they should just start sending fucking wild celebrities to events because before this happened i didn't even know the vmas were on so maybe send a couple of psycho celebs to the red carpet each year to start running their mouth and um and we might get you know it's pretty good news you know and it it, it gets you into the awards themselves so the story is, there's two rumors. One, that he asked for a photo with Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly said no. Or that he asked for a photo with Megan Fox. And Machine Gun Kelly said no. And then there was a couple of words and there was a push. And then there was about, you know, 47 million security guards involved. McGregor, there's this great photo where McGregor's left fist is like, I mean, it's about like a meter away from Machine Gun Kelly's face. But my God, can you imagine that? So, the fight gets broken up, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I wish, here's the thing, okay, a couple of things on this. Firstly, I don't think Conor McGregor was asking Machine Gun Kelly for a photo, and um, I think if he had, then we would all know the full story by now, and it would be fine. Machine Gun Kelly would be on his Instagram being like, this fucking bitch wanted a photo with me or something, you know, just being Machine Gun Kelly. But uh, I saw the McGregor interviews after, and he's he clearly has no idea who Machine Gun Kelly is. But he's known Megan Fox for years because she always goes to the UFC fights. So I think he probably wanted a photo with Megan Fox, and then Machine Gun Kelly said no, which is a bit of a bit of a flex from Machine Gun Kelly. And uh, to be honest, dude, the only winner here is Machine Gun Kelly because everyone already thinks that guy's like he, he's like a like a crazy rock star. You know what I mean? This is great. I mean, he got to attempt to fight Conor McGregor or sort of just, you know, 
throw words at like one of the most dangerous men on the planet from behind 47 security guards. I mean, it's smart stuff from old, uh, old MGK. But as far as McGregor, I mean, I love Conor McGregor. Two things I love about this. I love Conor, I love Conor McGregor. I love these UFC fighters because firstly, with Conor McGregor, every time someone aggravates him, he appears to handle it like it's the first time it's ever happened. Like, does he not have any sort of coping mechanisms at this point? Every time he seems to have like two whiskeys, he's like fucking throwing a bottle at someone. You know, it's just like, I don't know, dude, aren't you like 35 now? Can you not? It's kind of getting a bit old on his end. But at the same time, I like that these UFC guys don't let people just punk them out in public, you know, just because, you know, you would expect McGregor to be the bigger man and not engage with Machine Gun Kelly. It doesn't mean he has to, dude. And it doesn't mean he has to stand there and have freaking have Machine Gun Kelly throw words at him. You know what I mean? Like, I like that these these USC guys stand up for themselves. It's like um, when Daniel Cormier, DC himself, was commentating at the USC and Jake Paul was behind him a couple of rows just yelling shit at him, being like, you fucking suck, DC, you, you fat son of a bitch, this stuff, you know? Um, and DC just got up and went up to him and was like, dude, if you keep running your mouth, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And I love that, you know? Why, do, just because these guys are like trained fighters, you get to antagonize them from behind 40 security guards and have no consequences? You know what I mean? I wish they freaking, I wish they let um, McGregor just go nuts on him, dude. You know? Dude, if, if Conor McGregor landed a left on Machine Gun Kelly, I mean, Jesus Christ. He'd probably look like Billy Darcy after that, you know what I mean? MGK, that is. I mean, the guy's face would be, um, you know, he'd, he'd look like one of those orcs from Sauron's army. I mean, it'd be too much. And you know what, dude? If, if you want to freaking run your mouth to Conor McGregor, there might be consequences. And if and you know what I mean? If Maybe you should face them. Maybe you shouldn't stand behind 50 Samoan blokes running your mouth, you know? So... I'm kind of on McGregor's side on this one. I mean, in the interviews, he was saying he doesn't even know who Machine Gun Kelly is. So, I'd like to think McGregor was in the right on this one. But at the same time, I think it's play on for both these guys. Dude, I love this shit. Why do we... This always got to be a good and an evil. No. No, there doesn't. You know, Machine Gun Kelly's an out-of-control rock star. So, that's why he did that. And then, McGregor is a violent UFC fighter. Who's, who's known for being a bit of a psycho. So that's why he responded in the way he did. You know what I mean? This is a great crossover. <laughs> I fucking love this. This is like my favorite incident of all time. Um, But yeah, why was McGregor even there? Turns out he's like best buds with Justin Bieber now, which is kind of weird. So yeah, I don't know. But then... Justin Bieber, when he accepted his VMA award, because I think McGregor presented it to him or introduced Justin Bieber or something of, of that ilk. Um, Justin Bieber said, we'll get him next time, Connor. Now, I believe he was talking about Dustin Poirier, but I'd love it if he was talking about Machine Gun Kelly. You know? Dude, how good would it be if Machine Gun Kelly had beef with Justin Bieber and Connor McGregor? I think Justin Bieber might win that fight, dude. I don't know how tall he is. I'm pretty sure they're like best friends, so I don't think they'd ever fight. But, dude, I don't know. 
When it comes to fighting, I usually just pick whoever has the most tattoos. But I think Machine Gun Kelly and Justin Bieber are both covered head to toe. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wish Machine Gun Kelly would date someone a little bit more culturally relevant than Megan Fox. You know? It kind of it feels like he's just got one foot in 2011. You know, Machine Gun Kelly should be dating someone fucking like a Hayley Bieber or like, like a Kendall Jenner or someone. Someone who's fucking, you know, like this is their moment as well. But yeah, it's just like Megan Fox was like done. And then now she's like dating Machine Gun Kelly. And now she's back. It's just a weird situation. I don't know. It's obviously going to end in heartbreak. But when it does, it'll probably be a, a fucking sick album. So whatever. We'll have to see what happens there. But dude, I think this would be... um. I think this is kind of sh- not shining a light, but no, I don't think that's right. Not shining a light on it, but how wild would single Conor McGregor be? I mean, can you imagine him like dating like this, all the biggest celebrities in the world and getting in like fights with like rappers and shit at awards nights and, you know, maybe he knocks some guy out and then jumps to the ring and starts beating the shit out of ASAP Rocky because he got sucked off by Rihanna or something. Dude, I mean, the drama. You know, unfortunately, I think, thank God, Conor McGregor does have a wife and he who he has allegedly been faithful to because, I mean, look how much of a psycho he is in a loving marriage and he's still doing all this shit. Can you imagine if he was a single man with no kids and he was just in this private jet, just jetting around the world, doing coke, swinging whiskey, throwing fists, you know? old school that would be wild but yeah like i said i mean he'd probably die at 40 of like sort of you know just being just being too intense for his own good so we probably dodged a bullet there but anyway but yeah dude what an incident what an incident you know and anyone who wants to run their mouth at these ufc guys they might come and attempt to beat the shit out of you so make sure you do it at the vmas i think that's the play and, you know, for Machine Gun Kelly, this is, you know, he's in the headlines. He's, he's got, I don't know if he won a VMA. To be honest, I don't really know what the VMAs are for. Um, so, I think it's for music videos. Anyway, but Machine Gun Kelly, he was in all the headlines of the VMAs. And he didn't really have to do anything. All he did was just say, fuck off. Imagine you just tell some bloke to fuck off. And you're on the front page of like every paper in the world or every Instagram front page. <laughs> but yeah, so I think smart from Machine Gun Kelly. He lives to see another day. Conor McGregor's image is kind of starting to go downhill pretty aggressively. That's the big negative. So I think, you know, not good for Conor. But at the same time, good on him for standing up for himself. Anyway... We've got a few questions here to end the podcast. And uh, yeah, dude, I've enjoyed this one. I think this was a good one. All right. So a couple of listener questions sent in. Uh, Should we, this is the first question I should say. Should we as a nation be scared of your premier Gladys? Short answer, yes. Yes, you should, okay? I know for a fact that 
you know, when we get to 70 or 80% vaccination rate, we will be opening back up. And here's the thing, Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane, eventually the walls will come down. And I know for a fact, I've been speaking to Gladdy B, when we get to 90% vaccination rate, we are full on, it's just going to be a full on invasion of the other states. We're going full fire nation with this thing, dude. And we're going to take over Australia. So Tasmania, I'm not going to lie. You guys can probably, I don't think we'd invade Tasmania. I think maybe we'd just sort of like get a crowbar under Tassie and just sort of like, and just, just sort of, you know, winch it off and just let it float away. You know, I, I just think that'd be quicker. You know, it's kind of like when you need a sort of, like there's a, a river stuck and you got to like just get a rock out of the way, let it roll down the river. I think that's what we'd do with Tasmania. We'd get a crowbar under there and just winch it out. And um, yeah, I mean, if you think it's cold down in Tassie now, wait till you fucking start floating down near Antarctica, lads. You would have, you'll be regretting not coming to the mainland, let me tell you. But yeah, I think we will be launching a full-scale invasion of the other states. Um, it will be military in nature. And, uh, you know, personally, I knew I'd be going to war at some point in my life. I assumed, um, you know, I'd be up at the port of Darwin just getting my head blown off by a Chinese drone. Um, but it looks like I will, in fact, be invading the Barossa Valley in South Australia. So happy to serve this great state and our great leader, Gladdy B. So, yes. Yes, you should be scared. <laughs> um, all right, what do we got here? Next question. Is it weird to go to a comedy show by yourself? I have one ticket and a mate pulled out. No. No, it is not weird at all to go to a comedy show by yourself. I remember one time, me and the lads were on tour and we did a show in the Central Coast and I think seven people came, okay? And I'm not dancing. I'm not saying a low number to draw attention to this story. There were seven people in the crowd. And one of them was a girl who came by herself. And uh, we talk, spoke to her after. And she was like, and obviously we were so grateful she came. You know, she like freaking almost doubled the crowd. And I remember she said she, I was like, oh, so you just came by yourself. That's pretty cool. And she said, yeah, I saw there was comedy on. And, um, you know, I asked a couple of friends, but they weren't free. But she said, I wanted to come. So I did. And she had a great time. And the show was awesome if you can believe it. Um, and yeah, dude, you're just going to miss out on so much stuff in life if you're not willing to do it by yourself. I go to cafes by myself, like pretty much, I mean, not in a while, obviously, but I love going to, to breakfast by myself. I mean, I don't really go to the movies, but I've been to the cinemas by myself a few times. Dude, yeah, 100%. Do whatever you want by yourself. Um, I think I have been to see, I've been to see heaps of comedy shows by myself. Um, when I'm on tour in like Perth and Adelaide at the Fringe Festivals, I see like, I see all the shows by myself because I don't have any friends in those cities. Um, so yeah, dude, I see heaps of shit by myself. 100% play on, you know, and you're not always going to have your mates who have similar interests, you know, or they're not always going to be free. You can't just miss out on stuff because fucking, you know, Jake's got a family dinner. Fuck that guy. Next question. Thoughts on Gen Z in society? Generation Z. I don't know what the generations are. 
to be honest. I know there's, I'm trying to think to, back to talking about your generation. That was a good show. Um, Gen Z was Charlie Pickering. So what's he, 50? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. 50 maybe? Next question. <laughs> that one's shit ass. Um, next question. Is your generation more sensitive than your dad's? This is a good question. Uh, is my generation more sensitive than our parents? I would say yes. Yes, we are. You know, we're all talking about, you know, we don't bash gays anymore, if that's what you're talking about, you know? You know, we're a lot more progressive. We're a lot more sensitive, you know? House prices are high. My feelings are hurt. What are you going to do about it, mate? Yeah, fuck yeah, we're more sensitive, you know? And for whatever reason, you know, we're all bitching and moaning on Twitter. Obviously, we're more sensitive. But I would say this, you know, to the, the 50, 60-year-olds, wait, so is my dad Gen Z? Is that what Gen Z is? Okay, I don't even know, dude. But whatever generation that is, Gen, you know, my parents' generation. You know, when I used to direct traffic um, down at Westfield, the people that were the biggest pieces of shit to me, like the most abusive, were always 60-year-old plus. Every single time. You see a pee plater coming, people in their 20s, never said a word, you know? 65 year olds you know i'd be like you have to go left and they'd be like you have to suck my dick you little piece of shit you know like just teeing off on you and so you know to the older generation yes we're more sensitive and maybe you guys do go you know you're, you're tougher or whatever or you you feel things less or you're more durable or whatever my advice to the older generation yeah you guys we are more sensitive than you but do you know what oldies Keep that energy into your into your uh, into your pension. You know, oh, the eighties were so chilled out. No one gave a fuck back then. Oh, that's weird because I just saw you threaten to kill the woolly self serve attendant because your hand wasn't scanning. You know, who's sensitive now? If these oldies want to carry on about the eighties and oh man, it was great back then. Keep that energy, dude. You know, old people are always the ones blowing up at people for no reason. You know. Having a go at freaking, having a go at people at Woolies. People hoarding the toilet paper. Didn't see too many teenagers in that line, did we? You know? So, if old people, yeah, maybe we are more sensitive, dude. But at least we're keeping it consistent. You know? And if old people want to say, yeah, we're more, we're more, uh, we're more chilled out. We're cooler. Keep that energy, dude. Keep that energy. You know? So, that's what I would say. Um, next question. How do I nicely tell a bloke he's making shit up or that we know his, his facts are made up? Okay. I'm actually an expert in this field because I live with a man named Adzi. Okay. Adzi is notorious, uh, for bending the truth. Um, I wouldn't say bending the truth. He's not a liar, but just saying stuff. Do you know what, just saying stuff where he, he's not 100% sure about it, but he just says it like he is. Famous, famous incident at the pad. One day we're all in the lounge room and sirens go past out the front of their house. None of us can see it. And I go, fucking hell, what's that, another highway patrol? 
And Adzi goes, nah, that's a fire engine. And I and we're like, what, you can tell, can you? He goes, oh, yeah, mate, everyone knows that's a fire engine. And we go, how do you know that? He goes, oh, I can just tell, mate. I got mates who are cops, so I know this sort of stuff, yeah, just from talking to them. And he had no idea what it was. and it's, But he just said it so like, yeah, this is what it is. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, so, dude, I'll just bring it up. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, whenever Adzi says something hilarious without thinking about it, we just talk. I just find it so funny. So, yeah, I don't know. Just be like, dude. <laughs> just be like, dude, do you actually know that? Or have you just said that? You know what I mean? So, yeah, just bring it up. Uh, okay, next question. We got two more questions here. I do kind of want to end this podcast, but... Okay. All right, we got two questions to go. Let's get through them together and get on with our lives. So, they're pretty good questions, I will admit. So, we will do them. Here we go. Uh, next question. My ex-girlfriend has some extremely attractive mates. Do I have a crack at them? Okay. A couple things on this. It depends on the breakup, for sure. Um, if it was a bad breakup and you and your ex-girlfriend are now sort of like enemies. Here's the thing. I mean, I don't want to encourage toxic behavior, but sometimes you're feeling toxic. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, who cares? If you had a bad breakup and you and your ex-girlfriend are enemies and one of her mates is, you know, showing signs that she could be interested in you. Sexually, sorry, I should have clarified. Um, yeah, dude, play on. Play the fuck on. But... I mean, if you're not enemies and the breakup was fine, you know, people just break up. You're not going to marry everyone. Or maybe you will marry everyone and that can be as big of a problem. But but yeah, I mean, if the breakup was fine and she's a nice person and she didn't cheat on you or anything, I would I wouldn't. I would just leave it alone. Um Yeah, especially, you know, if it depends on the breakup. But I would just leave it alone. I've always find it so weird how like blokes cheat on their wife with their wife's best friend. It's like some blokes seem to act like like there's a shortage of women. It's like, mate, you know, Karen's best friend in the whole world or whatever. I'm trying to think of a funner name. Stephanie. Steph Stephanie? Stephanie's best friend in the whole world. You know, we just I've known her for so long, mate, and we touched hands one day at a barbecue and next thing you know, I've you know, I've got her over the balcony. So it's just it's just like there's what, what, how many women are there on the planet? Do you have to go for your ex's best friend? It just seems so dramatic, you know? Are we living in the OC, dude? Just go to the pub and meet some random chick from another suburb. It's, you know, I just, I've never understood that. If you're in lockdown and it was a bad breakup, especially if you're in lockdown, um, yeah, dude, I think that's fair play. But it was just a normal breakup. I would say just meet someone else because long-term, it's going to be drama city. You know, and I love drama, dude, but I like it on the widescreen, you know. I like it. I like it on my uh my eighty-five inch television that me and the lad split three ways. Okay. I don't want it on my iPhone. Unless unless maybe I'm on a plane and I'm watching the the OC on my iPhone ten, then fuck yeah, I like drama in my phone. But unless it's the OC, dude, no. Don't even worry about it. Alright. Next and final question. What are your first date ideas? Okay. Now, this is going to sound like a stupid plug, but I would honestly say 
a comedy show because comedy shows are super cheap. You know, some of the shows I perform at are free. So, you know, potentially maybe take it to one that's ticketed, you know, 15, 20 bucks a ticket. It's pretty creative. Like no one really goes to see stand-up in this country. It's kind of a bit subculture-y. And, and then it's, here's the thing. Stand-up is just a movie in disguise. Because why does everyone like going to see a movie? Because you don't have to talk to her, you know? Not that you don't want to, but it's, it's definitely tough sledding talking to a stranger for two hours unless you're like meant to be together. So that way you get the, all the outsourcing of a movie but she still thinks you're a bit creative. You know, if you take a chick to a movie on the first date, pretty lame, I will admit. I Pretty lame. I won't admit because I haven't done it, dude. Last time I did that, I think I was 18. So, yeah, take it to a comedy show or like a theatre show or take it to something live, you know, a bit of music. That way you can outsource the conversation, but you're still seen as a bit creative. Or just go on a walk, dude. I mean, that's all, that's all people in Sydney do. We just go on walks. We just walk around endlessly now. Um, the walking date, very hard to get any romance going, I will admit. I was trying to... <laughs> I was trying to... <laughs> Me and Maka were talking about the other day, like, you're on a walking date. It's literally impossible to kiss them because, like, you can't... There's nowhere to sit down. All the benches in Sydney are, like, roped off. And then if you stop walking, you have to put your masks back on. Like, if you're down in, like, a busy area, there's cops. So, you have to put your mask back on. So, then me and Maka, I was trying to teach Maka how to hook up with a chick whilst maintaining walking. The walking kiss. You know, you never break stride and you just sort of lean in diagonally. And here's the thing. You don't want to lean in towards her face. You want to lean in towards her face, towards where it's going to be. So, I'm leaning in, like, diagonally, like a meter ahead. And then, by the time she gets there, bam. A kiss on the lips from yours truly. Um, I'm yet to perfect it. Uh, the only time I've tried it, I did fall over a seawall down at Manly Beach. But, I mean, you know, you've got to be in it to, to win it. Risk it for the biscuit, etc., etc. But anyway, dude, that is the podcast for this week. Too long. Way too long this week. I'm, I'm exhausted, you know? <laughs> oh, dude. There's a new stand-up clip on my YouTube channel. And um and I miss my ex-girlfriend. I'll catch you next week, dude. Alright. Wait too long. Wait too long.